As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of May Contain Trace of Soy, the podcast all about surviving and thriving on a plant-based, zero-waste lifestyle. I'm your host, Rochelle, and if you're new around here, just click that subscribe button or that follow button for us. If you are on Apple Podcasts or iTunes today, please go ahead and leave us a little rating or a review. Uh, that really helps to support the podcast. So if you are enjoying it, we would really appreciate you doing that. And thank you to everyone who has left us a rating or a review. Really feeling the love, guys. Thank you so much. So if you are new around here, you won't know this, but we do do shout outs on this show. That's something where you, the listener, can get in touch with us and you can suggest topics that you'd like to hear, ask questions, and we will do a shout out for you on the next show. You can hit us up on Instagram, we are May Contain Traces of Soy, or on Facebook. You will also find links in the show notes today to the podcast on Apple iTunes, the YouTube channel that we've started and haven't put up many videos yet, um, to our Instagram and Facebook as well. We've also got a Facebook group now too, and that one's called Plant Based and Zero Waste Australia. So go and follow up with that one as well. I am super excited about this week's episode. I've actually got Cara Westworth, and Cara and I did an interview via Zoom. Cara is one of the owners at Netherworld. She runs a fantastic nail business that I pronounce incorrectly at the start of the interview, and she's just an all-around colorful character with a really weird and interesting podcast of her own. So we are going to get straight into that now. I am really excited to bring this week's episode to you guys. We're going to be chatting with Cara Westworth. Cara is such a colorful character, both literally and figuratively. Cara is a pop culture queen, lover of all things Tom Cruise, so much so that she created and hosts the podcast Cruising for a Reviewsin. Cara is also the head of the Hellmouth Diner Kitchen at Netherworld, our favorite vegan arcade bar here in Brisbane. Cara runs her own nail business, Kiwali, Kiwali Calls. Is that how you say it? Kawaii. Kawaii. I did look it up and then I got it wrong anyway. <laughs> 
And that is a fantastic nail business. And thank you for being on and welcome to the podcast, Cara. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Sorry, I can't pronounce the name of your business. How's that? How's that for a start? That's okay. Uh, It's uh, Hawaii, but with a K is how I tell people to pronounce it. Yes, that is what I saw when I looked it up. Hawaii, but with a K. So Kauai. Kauai? Yeah. Kauai Claws. So Kauai Claws is the name of the business. Now, how long have you had that going? Because I was having a look and it seems as though this whole nail business for you started from this kind of, this interest when you went over to Tokyo in 2009 and you you got to kind of experience the culture there. And then from there, you got a little bit more into it. So tell us a bit about that. I started doing nails after I got absolutely jacked of working in offices and I was in, in insurance and I just hated it. So I'd always had an interest in doing nails since I was a kid, like in high school and stuff. And I paint my nails, like a new set of nails every single week. And I got my nails done for the first time properly in Tokyo in 2009. But it wasn't until I was in America in 2013, I think it was, when I got my nails done by a Japanese nail artist in LA. And I was so obsessed with them and simultaneously bitching about having to go back to work at an office at the end of a trip that my husband's like, maybe you you should do nails because you keep talking about your nails and how much you hate working in offices. Maybe the two could go together. And that's yeah, kind of how it happened. That's so cool. And the artwork that you create, is really intricate um, because obviously I've been aware of your nail business for a while because, you know, I guess all the cool kids kind of like post about it when they go to Netherworld and you used to do the Sundays where you would sit in and do nail sessions and you do such intricate designs. Is that a lot of hand painting? Is it a combination of stickers and hand painting or how's that work? I pretty much do all hand painting, uh, which is funny because I'm not an artist at all. Like I cannot, if I had to draw on a piece of paper, I couldn't do it. But for some <laughs> reason I can draw tiny little pictures on nails and I do it with like the worst medium possible, which is nail polish. It's not a good medium to paint in because it dries really quickly and it's a nightmare, but I've sort of figured it out, I guess. Yeah. Well, they, they look amazing and it's all very kind of colorful and it's very pop culture referenced. And I saw some amazing ones that you did around Halloween There's something about those combos of colors. Colors are really interesting because we definitely have this kind of, yeah, this association, you know, with like the green and the purple and the orange is very Halloween. Mm -hmm. And whenever you see those together, you think of that. So have you noticed Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, you know, particular colors that evoke um, particular concepts when you've been doing the nails and coming up with those combos? Yes. So one of the main things I do when a client comes in and has no idea what they want on their nails is to tell me their favorite color or just to pick a color that is attracting them at the time. And then we can kind of work off that. So like I can, I mean, yeah, the bright orange and purple and the sort of dark purple and the slime green are really Halloween-y, but sometimes people don't like those colors. So I also love trying to experiment with using the wrong colors for the wrong theme. So someone might want cute nails, but she also wants Halloween. So I will do pastel kawaii kind of uh like pastel goth i usually call it and you use all the the classic colors but in the pastel palette and it's still halloweeny but it's also really cute and same as sometimes people want cute stuff but don't want pastel colors so we yeah work out ways to do that i do lots of yeah dark kawaii stuff as well as yes lots of spooky traditional halloween stuff because halloween is my favorite time of year oh mine too i'm obsessed (laughs) halloween's the best (laughs) 
Well, I mean, it definitely comes through in your nail art. I was just going to make a note too that you do offer some um, cruelty-free nail treatments if people do want to go cruelty-free when they come in for their nails. I, I try my absolute best. Nail stuff is kind of weird. So nail polishes, it's pretty easy to work out if it's cruelty-free. You just pick the brands that are cruelty-free, which is why I use a brand called Ice Cream Nails for pretty much all of my uh, regular nail polishes and for gel polishes, which is actually a little bit harder because there's not a lot of... Aussie ones. Um, there's a brand called Opalac, which you can actually, anyone can buy like at Priceline and online. Uh, I use a lot of their stuff because it is cruelty free. It's a couple of other brands that I bought early on doing nails that I still use that aren't, you know, are technically vegan, but I can't confirm exactly because they're actually from like Korea and stuff. So yeah, you kind of have to be careful. So when I have vegan clients come in, I just say, okay, these are the brands. These are how cruelty free I believe they all are and they get to pick kind of thing. Yeah. So many because then they can pick and choose. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it is such a hard thing, especially in an area like that, because when it comes to those kind of beauty products and nail polishes, it, it really depends like where they've been, where they've come from. If they're a company that imports into here, where do you draw the line? Who's like the parent company? I mean, it's it's next to impossible to be an ethical vegan. Let's be 100% yeah. <laughs> honest about that. But, you know, every little effort that you can make and like as cruelty-free as you can be is a great way to be. So it's wonderful that you offer that service to your clients as well. Mm-hmm. Netherworld, where you and your, you and your husband own, uh, you're one of the owners of that place. Is that correct? Yes. So my husband and I are two of the four main owners. Another couple owns it with us. Yeah. We all came up with it a few years ago and it's now what it is. Yeah. It's been pretty popular. I mean, it's probably my favorite vegan place in Brisbane, which might be controversial. I know that there's a lot of people who love like you came again and a couple of other places, but I'm just obsessed with the cauliflower wings. Like they are so good. Thank you. I got that idea from, I think someone, I saw someone on Instagram. They were, I mean, it's not like it's an original concept, but I saw someone went to, I think an Alamo draft house in somewhere in Texas and they posted about vegan Buffalo wings. And I was like, oh my God, that's the coolest idea ever. And yeah, that was my main contribution to the menu. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they're they're my favorite thing on the menu. So congratulations on that. Thanks Alamo draft house. (laughs) It's such a great concept though at Netherworld because it's an arcade game bar and you've got all the old arcade games there, all the pinball machines, all this great stuff. And then the whole menu is vegan unless they add the carnivorous or the dairy options, which is such a cool idea because vegans are so used to having to veganize all of their food at Mm -hmm. restaurants. And at this place, the carnivores have to carnivores, carnivores? Yeah, we'll go with that. They have to do that to their food. Yeah, it was... Something we kind of decided straight off the bat, uh, we did consider the idea of going full vegan to begin with, but we didn't want to, I know it seems kind of odd to say, but we didn't want to alienate anyone because we knew that our core demographic weren't going to be vegans to begin with. And I feel like we've actually probably converted, like I've had lots of customers come up and say that they are now vegetarian or vegan because they came, tried a vegan burgatory and were like, okay, if this is what vegan food is, then maybe I can give it a try. So I think by having those options, we've actually done a bit more good. Like I know, I mean, I've talked to plenty of vegans who say, when are you going to go all vegan? And maybe we might in the future, we, we think about it a fair bit. Like when we had to close for COVID, 
we just did vegan only takeaway because it was just obviously easier. And, you know, people at this point know that our food is vegan by default. Mm. But yeah, I do think that having sort of subverting it and making it so everything's vegan by default does for people who are open-minded create a conversation about why we do that. And, you know, more people are sort of willing to go, Oh, I'll just do the default, whatever. And yeah, we sort of win people over a little bit that way. Yeah, absolutely. And it does mean that um, people feel more welcome there because if it is a vegan restaurant and you say, Oh, that place, that place is a vegan restaurant. You won't be able to order any meat or any cheese there. Some people do get offended and some people do get a bit like, Oh, I don't want to go and try that. And it's like, well, you know, when they think that they can have that option, then they decide to go all vegan. They often discover the vegan food is really tasty as well, you know? If you're ordering like a meaty burger, but you want to try the mush- the mushrooms that we have, like all of our sides are pretty much vegan, but like there's no meat or dairy options. So you're kind of forcing people to eat vegan food. And then that's kind of helps people go, even if they don't become vegan, at least makes people a bit more open-minded about vegan food and go, Oh, it's not just salads or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. The amount of kind of like a vegan fast foody, junk foody kind of vegan food that you can get. And that's still better for you. I think in a lot of ways, the cauliflower wings, for example, I mean, you know, while they are deep fried and really, really delicious, they're also like, you know, vegetable, you're eating a vegetable. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> gotta be better for you. Yeah. It's just, it's one of our favorite places. So it's great that, you know, you guys set it up that way. I think that that's so wonderful. We absolutely love going there. Anyone in Brisbane should come down and check out Netherworld. Obviously, if you haven't already guys, come on. I've mentioned them like five times on this podcast, go <laughs> check them out. I was also going to have a bit of a chat to you about your podcast, Cruising for a Reviewsin. Now, this is mm-hmm. such a strange concept to me. So the podcast is you and a friend who's never seen the Tom Cruise movie that you're going to review. They watch it for the first time. You guys sit down and review it. How did you come up with that? So I became obsessed with Tom Cruise quite recently. It was after watching Mission Impossible Fallout, which is the newest and the sixth one in the franchise. And I'd spent my whole life thinking I hated Tom Cruise because I love action movies. I would go see his action-y sci-fi movies and then go, oh, it was really good despite Tom Cruise being in it or whatever. But then (laughs) I watched Fallout and I was like, I can't hate a man that made a movie that good. So I just started doing a big deep dive on, and I had actually no idea that Tom Cruise was famous for doing all his own stunts. That's the thing. He does all of his own stunts. There's very few exceptions in the last 20 years where he hasn't done any of his own stunts. Yeah, I just couldn't believe how good that movie was. And then when I started looking into all that, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm a big movie fan. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a cinephile because I'm a bit dumb about movie stuff, even though I studied (laughs) film in, in university. But I just love going to movies and the more I can escape by watching silly action movies or sci-fi or whatever, the better. And that seems to be like most of what he makes. It just one day I was like, no, I love Tom Cruise. And then I watched all of his, I bought all of his movies on DVD. I watched them all and I figured I've got all this wealth of new knowledge. What am I going to do with it? And yeah, I just thought maybe a podcast is a good outlet. That's fantastic. It's such a strange idea, but you know, it is really interesting. And especially because you are a feminist, you are for all of, you know, you're an advocate for human rights on every different level. So 
I'm sure that it must be a little bit hard to reconcile some of Tom Cruise's behavior in his personal life and his points of view that he puts out there into the world with, you know, loving him on the screen. How does that feel to try and balance those two realities? So I, yeah, one of the first people things people ask me all the time is, but he's a Scientologist, how could you? And I'm like, I, I don't like any religion. I've been atheist since the day I was born. My parents were atheist and in, in religion just interests me completely. But I'm also the kind of person who, if you are a good person and you uh, don't actively try and harm people, then I will not bother you about your religion. As long as you don't, yeah, obviously push it into my, into my face or try and convert me because you, you never will. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I don't care enough. Like I'm not one of those atheists who's like, you know, st- standing around, stamping around and being like a fundamental kind of Christian, but atheist. Yeah. The whole Scientology thing. I, I actually find Scientology really fascinating because I like, I don't consider it a cult anymore that I would Christianity or you know, any other religion, a cult because, you know, it's, t- it's too big and too popular and, you know, they haven't asked anyone to lie down and drink the Kool-Aid and die kind of thing. So <laughs> I don't consider it a cult. I just consider it a really weird, fascinating religion. And while I know that they uh, have perpetrated some shitty things, like where is Miscavige's wife, for example, uh, <laughs> I don't think they are any worse than most of the religions. Well, you know, I mean, they haven't been around that long and they've got plenty of time to rack up the, uh, you know, number of atrocities that can be con- <laughs> attributed yeah. to I other mean, religions. <laughs> if they're, if they're going to be around in another 2000 years, then they may be. But like, yeah, if I can compare it to Catholicism, which Tom Cruise was a Catholic before he became a Scientologist, like I absolutely abhor Catholicism. So, you know, that's, that's one of the ways I reconcile it. I also reconcile the fact Tom Cruise just seems like, a really nice person. So, I mean, it might be a fake sort of thing, but he's never done anything bad. Like, I don't know, I look at how many Hollywood stars have done atrocious things and mm. we're all just like, boys are we boys or, you know, that's what happens when you're famous. I know. Yeah. I, I reconcile it with just comparing him to other, he seems very wholesome in a lot of ways, apart from the Scientology. Absolutely. And so, I think that a lot of people are ready to jump on and attack Tom Cruise for being a Scientologist, but those same people would be like, I love Handmaid's Tale. And I think that, you know, what's the name of that actress? Who's the main actress? Yeah, she's there? a, people she's know Scientologist. That she's, um, Scientologist. Yeah, exactly. So, there are so many Scientologists, like Beck, the musician is a Scientologist. Like, yeah. And, and Jason Lee was, I think he's not now, but he was. So yeah, he was yeah. for a very long time. You know, people love Chris Pratt and he's a hardcore Christian who loves hunting. He and Anna Faris got in trouble for abusing one of their pet dogs. Like it's yeah. funny how people just look at Tom Cruise. And the thing that people go on about Tom Cruise a lot is the couch jumping thing. And I defend him this all the time because if you go back and rewatch it, it is still like you want to cringe yourself to death, but it's not just Tom Cruise jumping on the couch. The whole audience is screaming. Like they're screaming so much. You can't hear Oprah or Tom Cruise. Mm. Oprah is like egging him on. And so when she asks him about Katie Holmes, he's like so razzed up that he just sort of jumps on the couch in excitement. And I think, which is a little, a little bit weird, but also he was expressing how much he loved this, his new partner. Yeah. So I think it's actually kind of a bit sweet. And yeah. So I think a lot of that is kind of like misogyny. Because mm. people were like, how embarrassing. That man jumped on the couch because he loves his new partner so much. You know, especially back then, we're like, men shouldn't be expressing their love for women that yeah, openly and proudly. 
It's a very interesting point of view, actually. And I think that, you know, there is a lot to be said about how we do jump on to attack Tom Cruise specifically about Scientology before we talk about, you know, some of the other problematic things that other stars have done and other religions that they're a part of that, you know, Mm. are an issue with some of the views that they bring out. So I think that's a really interesting point. And besides, when it comes down to it, I think that a lot of us do choose to go, well, you know what, these people who are playing these characters, like they're people, you know, they're not, Mm. they don't have to be perfect. They're, They're in the public eye. They're not going to be And you're going to be a bit weird if you get famous. I think that's kind of just a reality. Like if you get that famous. Yeah. Like you have to find coping mechanisms. Like some actors manage to stay really grounded. Like I'd say Hugh Jackman would be like a good example, except he is a Pentecostal Christian. I'm pretty sure. Is he? So yeah. So So sad. (laughs) So yeah. There's so much, this is why I look up all this stuff all the time. So people are like, yeah, but Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. But I'm like, yeah, but what about this, this, and this? Because if you don't like religion at all, then don't just pick on the one that's kind of trendy to hate. To, mm. Yeah, hate them all, I guess, kind of thing. I guess um, it's also, like he's okay the world's greatest. To hate and, it. <laughs> yeah, Scientology is one of those ones that's, yeah, okay to hate. And yeah, you know, I hate it too. But <laughs> it is really fascinating. Like, it's such a weird religion. And every time I've been in LA, we've wandered through where all the Scientology stuff is. And it's, like it's like an abandoned part of Hollywood because it's all these unsigned buildings where all the um, Scientology HQ is. And if you're going to hate it, at least hate it because it's kind of interesting and fun. It is fascinating. I mean, we've watched a few of the documentaries about it and I read one of the books by one of the guys who I, I read the book by the father of the guy who's in charge now, David Miscavige. Miscavige. yeah. Yeah. So that was really, I felt really bad for his dad. Like I was like, oh, that's so stressful. (laughs) What an experience. But yeah, it was just one of those kind of really interesting things. And I think it is a religion that people are obsessed with and they're fascinated by. And it is okay for people to, you know, hate on it and dislike it more so than those established religions that everyone's aware of because you might offend. It's unlikely that you or I or anyone else listening to this would be a Scientologist, Mm. but it's more likely that they might be, you know, Catholic or Christian or whatever, and that we might offend them by saying something about that. And so people are more comfortable, you know, shooting down on Scientology than other things. That being said, it's a nuts religion, (laughs) like absolutely nuts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, when you break it down, it's absolutely wild. And But then, yeah, I compare it to like, ah, oh, in Christianity, there's a big guy sort of floating in the sky versus like Zen, Lord Zenu coming with all the souls in the mountain. Like when you break them all down, it's like the fantastic stories. And I don't, but I just don't understand how most people kind of believe. So yeah. yeah. And one of them's just more normalized than the other when you come down to it, really. I, I also... My husband and I talked about this. We did a whole podcast episode about it on my podcast where I don't think even Scientology is about that or that Lord Zenu stuff so much. I reckon it's just lots of self-help seminars that they do. Like it's almost like self-help kind of thing where yeah, they'll go where to starts, the headquarters hey. in LA and they just talk about like, you know, doing all this stuff. And it, I reckon it's even more that way, which is why Hollywood types are probably drawn to it because they say like, oh, this is going to help me in these ways. And then as you get further in and spend more money, you start finding out about all the weird Lord Zenu shit. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it definitely, the whole thing starts from a place of like, you know, giving back to your community, being a good person. That's the whole 
backbone and basis of how they sell Scientology as a concept. And it's a, you know, obviously a similar concept in a lot of other religions, but it's when you get further down the line and you start paying to go up in levels and telling them all your secrets and then you can like move things with your mind. I don't know if that was real, that would be cool. So I could see how if you bought it and if you bought into it, you would be like, mm. yeah, but one day I can float. <laughs> like it would be like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, sometimes I just wish I was the more naive person who could just find something fun to believe in and just believe in it. And as long as I wasn't hurting anyone, but I can't, yeah, I'm too critical. Yeah, of that it would stuff. be comforting, wouldn't it? It would be a comforting yeah. reality. And, you know, I don't begrudge anyone, whatever beliefs they want to have. I'm not one for religion myself either, but I think that, you know, for some people it is very helpful and for other people it's not. So I think it's about whether or not it has any use to you. I think it's a tool. I think religion is a tool for us to use mm. or not use depending on if it helps us. So yeah, yeah. exactly. well, that's really interesting. Uh, such an interesting point of view. So you have had that podcast going now for a year because your first episode was the 25th of August last year. Is that correct? Yeah. I just, I just realized the date. Yeah. It's almost a year now. So yeah. uh, we are very slowly getting through the movies. Uh, we just did all the Mission Impossible movies. And I'm just about to do an episode on Top Gun, the very, That'll very be popular. Top yeah. Gun <laughs> and yeah, so I'm drawing it out as long as I can because Top Gun 2 was meant to be have been out in June this year, but obviously it couldn't. So they pushed it forward back to December 23rd, which is my birthday, which was going to be the best birthday in the whole world, except they've now pushed it back again till June next year. So mm. I'm trying to stretch it out as long as I can so uh, I can actually have a brand new Tom Cruise movie come out in the cinemas and then I can review it, like do a live reviewing and stuff. That would be amazing. That would be so cool. There's also, there's so many movies that he's been in. I was sort of thinking about it. Have you done Legend yet? Yeah, we did. That's Legend is a such a great movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Like I, I hadn't watched it until we did this pod, like until I became obsessed with him. And I was like, how did I not know it? Because I, I love Labyrinth and The Princess Bride and, you know, all that 80s dark fantasy, Willow. And I was like, how did I not see this? Like, it's not the best of the movie of them all as far as storyline goes, but as far as visuals go, it is amazing. Yeah. It's so strange. as the devil, my God. I know. And the dance that he has with the girl and the thing with the, um, is it his horse that gets stuck or is that? No, that's, that's the other one. That's a never ending story. Never ending story. That was heartbreaking. (laughs) That was such an Instead of. An upsetting horse dying in the swamp. There is a hag that lives in a swamp that attacks Tom Cruise. So there you go. Complete opposite of <laughs> another experience entirely. But that was such a strange movie. He has been in so many different things. So, like, I'm not a huge fan of Tom Cruise, but I think he's interesting because he's always the go-to person for an action film. Like when people talk about, you know, kind of action stars, Tom Cruise is up there. And that's because he's been, Mm. his whole kind of celebrity and everything has been built around being that action star. And I didn't even know that he did his own stunts. So that's kind of makes sense that he's become the action guy. Yeah. And he's nearing 60 and he's still, he's like just mostly doing action movies now and still doing all these stunts, which makes me feel like the laziest slob on the planet because (laughs) I'm not even, I'm like nearing, I'm 20 years younger than him. And I'm like, barely can climb a flight of stairs and this man could like, flip up them and yeah so that's another reason i like him. i'm like i'm just so impressed by his stamina like i mean if you're a millionaire i guess 
maybe that's a part of it, but even still, my God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are going to drop a link in the show notes so that everyone can check out the podcast and also your nail business as well. Kawaii Claws. Kawaii Claws. Yes. <laughs> yep. I think I've got it. I think I got it this time with the pronunciation of terrible person, terrible white person who can't pronounce the correct word. So we'll drop a link in the show notes for that one as well. And if people do want to come and check that out and book in to get their nails done here in Brisbane, you can offer them cruelty-free options if they're vegan. So guys, definitely have a look at that and definitely head over to Netherworld and check out the amazing vegan food that they do there because it is the best vegan food in Brisbane. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's all right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. You're more than welcome. And I'd love to have you on mine one day, maybe, if you have any Tom Cruise movies you've never seen. So many. There are so many (laughs) I've never seen. We'll talk. We'll We'll talk. (laughs) That was Cara Westworth, one of the owners of Netherworld. Uh, host and creator of Cruise and Forever Reviews, and you can find a link to that podcast in today's show notes. You can also find a link to her nail business, Kawaii Claws, and yeah, just go check out Netherworld, go check out the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. We really appreciate it. If you are enjoying the podcast, please do share it on your socials, tag us. We are at Make Dangerous of Soy, and we'll share it to ours as well. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes to help support the show. You can join up with the Facebook group and just reach out with any questions or topic suggestions that you have. Thanks so much for being here this week, guys. We will catch you in a week. 